I'm Clay Pigeon. Welcome to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. It's a weekly digest of some of the segments and moments that make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show on WFMU. Of course, you can listen live to Wake and Bake Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on WFMU.org. Join me live every morning for the full show. It includes great music, 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 chair throwing, pixie dust, and all-round good vibes. <laughs> oh my God, the man is a maniac. You can, you, can, you, can, you can also hear the full show on streaming archives uh. at wfmu.org slash playlists slash WA. The Wake and Bake Animal of the Week is the ant. Ants evolved from wasps in the Cretaceous period. This is about 140 million years ago. The word ant comes from the Dutch empt, meaning the biter. There are an estimated 22,000 species of ants on Earth. Ants generally live in colonies that can sometimes consist of millions of individuals. Ants are all over the Earth, everywhere except Antarctica. Greenland, Iceland, and parts of the Hawaiian Islands don't have any native ant species. Oh, but they're there. Ant societies can solve complex problems, just like human societies. X squared minus 9x plus 14 equals zero. That don't make sense. Ants are the only group other than mammals where teaching has been observed. Did you know that an ant never sleeps? No! An ant can lift 50 times its own weight. Ants have compound eyes, lots of little tiny lenses all hooked together, but they have bad eyesight. Some of the underground ants are completely blind. I'm in the dark here! They have little feelers, antennas attached to their heads that detect air currents and vibrations. Being able to feel out vibrations will help you a lot. Yeah. An ant's life starts in an egg. The females are diploids, the males are haploids. The larvae are fed through regurgitation of liquid food. Queens can live up to 30 years. The little worker ants, one to three years. Crushed ants emit pheromones that send other ants into a frenzy. Bullet ants in South America have the most painful sting of any insect. The sting of jack jumper ants can be fatal to people. It's been estimated that the 
total number of individual ants in the world is 10 quadrillion. We love ants at Wake and Bake. We hope you do too. It's adamant, his strength, his might, his speed, his fight. He's adamant, that tiny ant, and his atomic power. As what it takes and always makes the vilest villain cower. He's rough, he's tough, and <laughs> bad guys yelling out when he is up and Adam adamant. Hi, it's Mark Hurst, host of Tectonic, here on Wake and Bake with a little slice of tech pie. If you've been in New York City recently, you've probably noticed the Link NYC kiosks, which seem to be on every corner these days. These are nine-foot-tall, internet-enabled kiosks with a big digital display on both sides, mostly showing advertisements. What you might not be aware of are the cameras. Not one, not two, but three hidden cameras on every kiosk and 30 sensors, for example, picking up your smartphone's ID if you log into the kiosk Wi-Fi. These things are essentially surveillance towers with some advertising added in. Now, who's behind Link NYC? With a name like that, you might think that these kiosks were built by the city of New York. It's actually hard to tell who is behind Link NYC. If you go to their website, it says something about a consortium called CityBridge and a member company called Intersection. The Intersection website says nothing about who they really are, just that they're a cool company working on cool stuff. It's really weird, almost like they don't want us to know. Okay, friends, I gotta cut to the chase. These Link NYC kiosks with the cameras and the sensors drawing down who knows what data on all New Yorkers are all run by, are you ready? Google. It's a Google project. Here's what the website will not tell you. Link NYC is part of CityBridge. CityBridge contains Intersection. Intersection is run by a company called Sidewalk Labs. And Sidewalk Labs is owned by Alphabet, which is the new corporate name for Google. Every time you walk by one of these kiosks on the New York City sidewalk, you're being surveilled by three Google cameras and dozens of other sensors. And as far as I know, New York citizens have not yet been told what happens after Link NYC surveils them, let alone being asked permission for this surveillance. If you're interested in more on this topic, listen to my recent episode of Tectonic with Ava Kaufman, a journalist who has written about Link NYC. We really get into the details. And for those listeners in New Jersey, keep an eye out for the new Link NWK kiosks starting to appear on the streets of Newark. When you pass one, wave hi to the Google camera because it is watching you. This has been Mark Hurst with a little slice of Tech Pie. Tune in at 6 p.m. for my show, Tectonic, right here on WFMU. It's our wake-and-bake morning music computer, Sam. Hello, play pigeon. Hi, Sam. It's almost Thanksgiving. What are you doing this year for the holiday? Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. What is that? 
play. Well, it's a, it's a time of the year when people thank God for all the blessings he's bestowed upon them. Who is God? That's a good question, Sam. God is different things to different people. A lot of people think that God created us. My creators are the scientists at Acme Computer Assemblies in Akron, Ohio. That's right, Sam. You're from Akron. What does God look like? Well, sometimes he's described as kind of an old man with a long white beard and a staff and white flowing long robes. An old man? Yeah, I'd say an older gentleman. Some people say he's invisible. Where is God? Clay? Well, I don't know exactly. I guess up in the clouds somewhere. He lives in the clouds? Well, there's lots of gossamer and shimmering and wispiness. That does not compute. I know, Sam. It's complicated. Uh, he's in heaven, they say. What is heaven? Play. That's where we go when we die, Sam, if we're, if we're good. Will I die, Clay? Well, Sam, someday you'll stop functioning or you'll become obsolete. Just like you, Clay? <laughs> yeah, Sam, just like me. Will I go to heaven, Clay? No, I think heaven's just for, just for people, Sam. Where will I go, Clay? Well, Sam, I guess... You'll probably be recycled. Recycled? Yeah. What does that mean? Well, they'll take you apart piece by piece. They'll reuse some of you, and they'll probably throw the rest away. They will throw away pieces of me? They probably will. Sam, don't. Sam, don't cry. Why can't I go to heaven? Well, Sam, you're a machine. I am just a machine. Not just a machine. You're a wonderful machine, Sam. Without you, there's no wake and bake. I am thankful that there is wake and bake, Clay. Me too, Sam. And I'm thankful we have you. Happy Thanksgiving to you and the listeners, Clay. Well, I'll be gone next Thursday, so happy Thanksgiving to you too, Sam. Where are you going to go this year? Go? Yeah, where are you going to go? I will be in the closet. Oh, no, Sam, in the closet? In the dark. No. Alone. All by yourself? Utterly alone. Oh, poor Sam. Oh. Don't cry, Sam. Sam, don't, don't cry. Thanks, Clay. And with plans moving forward to rebuild our crumbling building here at WFMU, I thought I'd take a minute to make sure we all know what we're getting into. That's why our word of the week this week is bulldozer. The word didn't begin life as a sort of flattening tractor, however. That meaning first comes up in about 1930, but people had already been using the word for more than 50 years in what we might now think of as a more figurative sense, to mean someone who bullies or threatens others. Bullies want power because they feel powerless. And bullies cause people to fear them because they are fearful themselves. Bullies, bullies, bullies. The verb form of that, bulldoze, meaning to intimidate with violence, goes back to 1880 and is related to bulldoze with an S, yeah. which was first used in the 1876 presidential election 
to refer to the practice of threatening or beating black voters, and seems to refer to giving someone a dose of the bullwhip. After a heated dispute over electoral college votes, Republican Rutherford B. Hayes in that election was declared the winner, with only one more electoral college vote than his opponent, Democrat Samuel Tilden, although Tilden won the majority of the popular vote. It was the second of five times in American history in which the candidate who won the popular vote didn't win the electoral college. Then, as now, however, there seemed to be no call to bulldoze the White House. Maybe someday. Until then, back to you, Clay. Spin that spotlight around. There you go. Now turn it on and shine it brightly on one very special town in our listening area. Our Civic Showcase Community of the Week is Haldon, New Jersey. Haldon's about 22 miles northwest of us here in Jersey City. Population 8,318, and Haldon's growing. <laughs> Haldon's home of the Pacific River Inlet known as Malian Brook. It was settled by colonial Dutch farmers like old Van Riper. <laughs> Evidently, George Washington never spent the night in Haldon, nor assembled soldiers in one of its taverns. The Patterson and Haldon Horse Rail Company came to town. This is back in 1871, and then things really changed. Trolley tracks were laid that ran right into Patterson, and these were electrified by 1888. Haldon was what you call a streetcar, suburb of Patterson after the Civil War. The Cedar Cliff Land Company ran big newspaper ads, staging free luncheons with brass bands to interest the highly skilled European immigrants who worked in Patterson's silk industry. Haldon was alluring because these workers could escape the crowded industrial city and still have access to those textile mills. Oh, the Haldon hillsides back then, intended for large Victorian villas for people like, well, like Vice President Garrett A. Hobart. Today, his home is part of William Patterson University. At the height of the Red Scare, Haldon elected a socialist mayor, William Broikman. He allowed the labor movement to assemble in Hilden at a time when factory workers were striking in Patterson. Scandal in 2008, as a city councilman and former sheriff's department officer was arrested for stealing $250,000 worth of heroin and cocaine from an evidence room. He was found guilty and given seven years in the pen. 
famous people from Hilden include Jenny Tuttle Hobart, the wife of former U.S. Vice President Garrett Hobart. Hobart was the former governor of New Jersey and the vice president under William McKinley. Bruce Baumgartner, gold medalist for the wrestling team at the 1984 Summer Olympics. Time is running out. There it is. Bruce Baumgartner grimacing. He wins the gold medal for the United States. And the rock band, the Feelies, are from Hailden. We're proud to serve you, Hailden. We hope you're listening. This is Veterans Day, you guys. Hug a veteran today. Thank them for their service. It's a big sacrifice. Uh, what is today? It is November 12th. And yesterday, kind of a double Veterans Day, right? Neil Young, 72 today, and his house burned down out there in California. Sorry about that, Neil. And we are keeping an eye on that situation out there with the horrible fires. Oh, boy. 1793 on this date, uh, Jean-Sylvain Bailly, the first mayor of Paris, is guillotined. You think you got it bad. Woo, man. 1927, Leon Trotsky, I named my horse after him, is expelled from the Soviet Communist Party. They just booted him right out. Is that when he went to uh, uh, Mexico and started hanging out with Frida Kahlo? I don't know. Uh, Leaving Joseph Stalin in undisputed control of the Soviet Union. Nineteen thirty-six in California, the San Francisco Oakland Bay Bridge opens to traffic. Nineteen fifty-four, Ellis Island ceased operations. And in nineteen seventy, the Oregon Highway Division attempts to destroy a rotting beached sperm whale with explosives. Who hadn't tried to do that? Leading to the now infamous exploding whale incident. You remember that? Bits of whale rain across the beach. Then the pieces reach the crowd. Onlookers realize the tiny pieces are not so tiny. (laughs) Over a quarter mile away, a massive chunk of blubber has flattened the roof of a brand new Cadillac. Thankfully, no one was inside at the time. Jeff hurt his arm pretty bad. It might be broken. We better run, tell his dad. In Hoboken, Jeff has broken his arm. The bone is poking through. A doctor came to call, but there was nothing he could do. They might have to amputate They might have to cut off his broken arm And on his face is a look of alarm His mouth is forming hell no They cut below the elbow When Jeff fails to understand They slap him with his own hand They slap his face and slap his rump And he can only wave his stomach at them His dad arrives and says Jeff, what have they done? They've cut off your arm, son Jeff says, Papa, you really don't understand. They slap me with my own hand. 
They slap my face, they slap my rum And I could but wave my stump And just then the doctor came walking in And he said I am Dr. Finn Dr. Finn, why did you cut off my Jeffrey's arm? Oh, good morning, Jeff. You look fabulous. Dr. Finn, why did you cut off my Jeffrey's arm? Because you see, it was gangrenous. Can I look at it one last time? Jeffrey said, I want to see my arm one more time. I was attached to it Let me see it one more time That arm of mine You've been listening to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Good. It's a weekly digest of the special features and moments which make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show. Woo! After all, you wouldn't want to miss special moments like this. Ah, you're in a good mood today, aren't you? (laughs) The Wake and Bake Morning Show. Set your alarm and join us each Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WFMU.org. A little too early for you? Catch the archive show, which you can find easily on WFMU's homepage each day. I'm Clay Pigeon. They call me the Pigeon. Join me each morning for the full show, either on the radio or online at WFMU.org. And keep glistening.